Welcome back to the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Micah Fleischman. Alongside me is my co-host and good friend, Nicholas Bear. Nick, how's it going? I am really excited for today's uh, recording because this is our first episode since the baseball season started. How are you doing today? Well, I'm watching Gleyber Torres make an error at shortstop right now. And um, if I posted my reaction, it wouldn't be family friendly. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, first week of baseball is in the books. It's underway. Let's dive in. Before we go any further, um, I wanted to address why we didn't post on Monday like we normally do. It was because my microphone broke, and I'm not going to give you guys bad quality. It would be, it would sound like I'm in a wind tunnel. So I've got a new mic now. Um, I like it a lot. Hopefully you guys like it. For anyone wondering, it's the Samson Q2U USB microphone. It's really good. I like it a lot. Um, so let's dive in. First things first, the All-Star game has been pulled out of Atlanta due to voter suspension and has been moved to Coors Field. So we we know where different leagues stand because this is all political. Uh, and we're, we're going to try not to show our political side as much as possible. Um, but we know that the NBA is very leftist, is leftist Democrat. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the Black Lives Matter on the court, on the jerseys. You know, they're very big on that. They're they're a primi- primarily Democratic league. Football. I don't know if I had to guess, it'd probably be Republican. I think uh, it's more balanced than basketball. Right. But baseball is. It's like it's never been very outspoken as to either side. I don't know where they are at all, honestly. Yeah. Nobody does. So why we're gonna do this? Just just now it kind of boggles my mind because you're never going to please everybody like if you have it in atlanta half some people are going to be mad some people aren't let me tell you something i i didn't have a problem with them having it in atlanta i didn't like i I, and i don't agree with with some of the voting rules or with, with what's going on there i didn't have a problem with them having it in atlanta doesn't matter me and at the end of the day People that are going to be hurt are the fans of Atlanta and most importantly, the small businesses in Atlanta because All-Star Weekend generates a shit ton of commotion. A lot of people go and you get a lot of business. And with the pandemic, so many small businesses have shut down. And, you know, we're sitting here and we're depleting businesses of opportunities to stay on their feet. And... I think in the long run, this was really dumb, man. And you can look at this two ways. And this has nothing to do with the politics. I think it was dumb because you're not going to satisfy everybody. So there was no reason to vote. That's just my personal opinion. If this was a league, if the MLB was a league like the NBA that had been very outspoken um, against the Republican side, against the Republican Party, against, you know, that kind of stuff, fine. I understand that. But this league has never been very political at all whatsoever. So I don't really agree with it, Nick. Well, you know where I stand politically, and I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, this will surprise you. I'm not really for boycotting or against boycotting. I'm more so of the side, more in the middle almost, where it's like each league needs to make an individual decision after talking to their players. I understand you said that baseball hasn't been political in the past. But at the end of the day, 
it's it's almost overdue for sports to be involved in politics in some way because that's a huge platform for athletes to use. I don't have a problem with MLB moving it. I also wouldn't have had a problem if they didn't move it because what I know at the end of the day is Rob Manfred sat down with the players of baseball, and I think they have like a player advisory uh, council as well, think, and Curtis Granderson and Edwin Jackson. I think yeah. the players said we're not going to go. I, yeah, like we're and not going to so, play. Look, I at the end of the day, as long as I know that the league has talked to their players and they make a decision based off that, I support them no matter what. But I, uh, I'm not really for or against. But the other issue is, is that you're always going to have this one group of people that even if the game had happened in Atlanta, you know the players were going to speak up about it in Atlanta. And the same people who are saying take politics out of sports now or would say the same thing in summer and they would still boycott baseball. So we're not gonna we're not gonna get that side. So for sure. me, it's just let's let the commissioners talk to the players and they make the decision from there. You know, fuck the commissioner. I don't care anything that Manfred has to say. His opinions are completely invalid to me. Um, the players, that's another story. And you made a, you made a great point. The players, I don't think would have gone. A majority of them, Mookie Betts wouldn't have gone. Tim Anderson wouldn't have gone. Those are two guys that are very outspoken um, against you know some of the stuff that's happening in Georgia, um, and we know where their beliefs stand politically. I don't think they would have gone, and I think a lot of players wouldn't, and that would have hurt baseball a lot. You know what happens if the second best player in baseball isn't going to the All Star game? Okay, Assuming you know, he gets voted in, of course. I mean, of, of course, there's that. But, you know, let's say Mookie Betts gets voted in. Let's say Aaron Judge gets voted in. Let's say Fernando Tatis gets voted in. And I'm, saying, uh, and I'm saying those guys not in terms of that they're the best, but in terms of the recognizable faces. If, go, if those guys get voted in and they say, you know what, pass. That looks really, really bad for baseball, man. It looks awful for baseball. So it's a really good point that you made. Um. That, that I hadn't really thought of, but yeah, I, I guess what they're I guess they're standing by the players, which is a good thing because we haven't seen baseball do that in a little while. Yeah, and then uh, just to wrap this up. By the way, at the top of the show, you said voter suspension. It's voter suppression rules, not suspension. Um, and secondly, my 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 other thoughts are, you know, you go back to what happened last summer with the George Floyd incident and all that. Baseball seemed to be the one sport that didn't do anything or little to nothing. Well, and I if, feel I, I, they did they did something, but it took them a while. You know, they weren't like on top of it. And for me, I felt like there was pressure for Rob Manfred to do something, and the players almost basically demanded it. I'm gonna disagree with that. Um, they had the Black Lives Matter stuff on the mound from the get go of opening day. Does that do that much? Mm, I mean, it's there. Uh, the players, a lot of players kneeled uh, hand in hand during opening day. There wasn't a lot that they could do. And I don't think it was even on the table for them to do something like the MLB or the NBA did where, you know, they put the Black Lives Matter things on the jerseys. Putting it on the mound was the equivalent of putting it on the court and letting players kneel was exactly what, um, what the NBA did. So I'm going to disagree with that. I think they did a good amount. Uh, as Clint Frazier strikes out swinging, come on, just make contact, move the runner over. It's not that difficult. Um, but yeah, you know, I think they did a decent job. And um, this was Manfred doing something for the players here. Um, so I got to commend him on that. 
Yeah, and then by the way, I must also just add, I also agree with you with the small business thing. Like there, there's pros and cons for both sides. There's pros and cons for boycotting because it is making a statement. The con is you're hurting small businesses. Yep. The pro is uh, the pro of was staying would be helping the small businesses and all that money they're going to raise. They could use it to help uh, minority communities because that's where it would go. Small businesses, a lot of them are minority businesses. Uh, the con would be that there would be those people that say, "Oh, you're staying in a state that supports racism, so that means you support racism." As a matter of fact, someone told me today I support racism um, because of my reasoning, but that's for another conversation. Yeah, so obviously you can never please everybody. Um, you can never please 60% of people. And like, you know that you've made it when people start to hate on you for the, for the dumbest of reasons um, or just in general. But that's uh, the political thing. So free Nick Castellanos, bro. A two-game suspension for cheering and opposing pitcher's face after crossing home plate. So pretty much I'll walk you through what happened. Castellanos gets drilled. Um, uh, no, so he hits a home run. Next day, he gets drilled. And um, he he's standing on first base, gets to third base. Remember how he celebrated the home run, though? He don't bullshit. I don't want to hear it. It's a bat flip. Whatever. No, no, no. Don't, don't throw no, a pitch down care. the middle. I don't care that he did that. I'm just saying that's probably why they hit him the next day. Yeah, sure. But, okay, so they hit him the next day. He, he's on third base. Wild pitch, Castellanos breaks for the plate. He gets in there in front of the pitcher, and he flexes on him like a stud. And then there's a bench-clearing brawl. Okay, a bench is clear. I would say brawl is a little bit of an overstatement, but the bench is clear, right? So I I just, man, I, I don't know. Like, it's fine. You, you don't want players to have fun as Jay Bruce strikes out, Yankees down to their final out. Why, why, why are we not allowing players to have fun? You know, are, did the pitcher get suspended? No, he was the one who plunked him. I, I don't know. I'm free Nick Castellanos in the chat. I, I agree with that too. I mean, you know, just like I said, when we were talking about how baseball hadn't been involved in politics in the past, more like, like NBA, Things are just changing. Like, we have to be open to change as fans of sports, as just anyone who lives in the country or the world. Things change. Things can't always stay the same. Let the guys have fun. I mean, they're playing this game because it's fun for them. So let them celebrate when they do something good. And if a pitcher doesn't like the way a batter does a celebration, don't don't give up home runs or don't pitch if you suck that much. Like, it's, it's just that simple. I, I can't blame the batter for having fun. I would have fun if I had a home run, although I couldn't because I don't have the power. But, you know. Listen, I, what pisses me off, like, if, if a pitcher strikes out a batter, bases loaded, two outs, you know, more times than not, they get off the mound. Ah, let's go. They get fired up. Batter never says anything. Seldom says anything. Because, you know, good job. You struck me out in, in the right time. Good for you. Base I mean, hit, I, right field. Here comes Wade. The throw home is not in time. Higashioka with a game tying single out to right field with two outs, and we're all knotted up at three in the Bronx. Oh yeah, baby. Anyway, that um, was really good. Okay, that was so good, eh? Yeah, that was really Turn good. Into, tune into the Twitch streams, twitch.tv. Yo, that throw, reminds me of, that throw reminds me of Derek Jeter's walk-off. 
I can give you. Does, the, I can give you the Jeter walk off. Uh, hit. Base hit right field. Here comes Richardson. The throw for Marquez. Richardson is safe. Derek Jeter in his final game. Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Yeah, I have it memorized. I know, man. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? We were talking. Okay, so I'll going back to to celebrating the home run and stuff. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll- if a pitcher strikes a batter out in a big time in, in a big time situation, they get pumped up. The batter seldom says anything. Batter hits an absolute nuke off a pitcher. By the way, hitting a bomb off a pitcher is twenty times more difficult than, than a pitcher getting a strikeout. End of story. Okay, because we see pitchers with two hundred plus strikeouts in a year. If you hit forty home runs in a year, you're a stud. It just doesn't happen as much, you know. So. It, it, it pisses me off that pitchers will bitch about it. Pitchers- it. It pisses me off, too, especially because I'm a golf fan. When a golfer gets a hole-in-one, everyone celebrates. And the NBA, when someone makes a great shot or there's a poster dunk, the, the, the team the celebrates, the bench celebrates. In football, when there's a touchdown or a great play, the sideline and the team celebrates. The other opponent doesn't really bitch and complain about that. So Yeah, don't give up. Just, don't like, give up. Like, don't give up just, the home yeah. run, Don't give up the strikeout. It's just like wire wire pitchers almost so sensitive in a sense, you know? There's a soft. Okay, I want I want to talk about this. I was listening to the Michael K show. Um, Michael K is the announcer for the New York Yankees, the, the play-by-play guy on Yes, and he he runs a talk show on ESPN with Donald Greco and Peter Rosenberg. I listen to it every night. Uh, and he was talking. He was like, "Pitchers are so fragile." We'll talk. And the example they used was Jacob Degrom. They took DeGrom out, the Mets did, after six innings of zero-run baseball, 77 pitches. They said that he was good for 100. He could have gone two more innings. Yet they took him out, the bullpen comes in, they lose the game, right? People were so sensitive with pitchers nowadays. And get this, Nick, pitcher, pitcher injuries... They're up more than ever. Tommy John, Tommy John, Tommy John, Tommy John. I don't know. I think that's because of velocity. I I think that's what it is. I think I I personally think that pitchers throwing harder is putting more stress on their arm than the pitchers throwing more pitches if they were going at lower velocity. As a matter of fact, it's funny that you bring that up because one of the Dodger games that I was watching over the weekend, the Dodgers announcer said the Dodgers were only one of three teams last year to not allow a single pitcher to pitch 100 pitches last year. The other two teams, the Red Sox and the Orioles, two really bad teams. And then the Dodgers, of course, who won the World Series. Today, I know the Dodgers lost, but Trevor Bauer did pitch over 100 pitches. I think he pitched like 110. So seven games in the season, the Dodgers have already let They also confiscated a ball pitches. he threw in the first – they also confiscated a ball he threw in the first inning. Um, I heard – uh, He definitely used some sticky stuff. Um, um, yeah, Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Anyway, keep I going. feel like everyone uses substance, I feel like. Yeah, but, but I mean his spin rate went up like 400 – RPM. He still pitched. He still pitched well the rest of the game, even after they compensated. I mean, the, he pitched. Uh, he pitched ball. great in his first game, except for that sixth inning where he clearly ran out of gas, and the Dodgers left him. He did. Die. Anyway, um, forward. Yeah, I just. Where were we? Uh, Trevor Bauer, hundred pitches. Trevor Bauer, hundred pitches. Yes, I. You know, it used to be that spring training was where you ramp up a starting pitcher. 
but it doesn't really seem like that. Like now, I mean, it seems like I feel like the last outing that a spring that a pitcher gets is like their final tune-up, and then their regular season start is like fifteen pitches more than their last spring training outing. Yeah, I almost feel like the first month of a regular season is just a continuation of the ramp up from spring training. Like, it's it, it obviously uh, ramping up means you get more pitches each game, mm-hmm. but you're still almost on a pitching limit in the first month of the season. And then, and then managers are maybe a little more loose after that. But you're always still on. You're definitely positive. on a pitch count. Even the best pitchers in the game, Degrom, Cole, Scherzer, you know, etc. They have they have limits. So, uh, yeah. Squares to bunting, he gets it down the first baseline. Okay, good baseball. I like it. I like the small ball Rio Ruiz, even though it's against the Yankees. I, I like it. I like it a lot. I, I was actually I, I, that that brings me uh, that reminds me the Dodgers, even though they lost, they did have Zach McKinstry at the plate with the three one count. He bunted the opposite way, and we got a run um, oh. because they were playing the shift. So hey, I mean, it works. So I would continue to do it. Let's talk about the Dodgers' biggest threat in the NL and their NL West um, opponent. Counterparts. Counterparts, yes. that better word. There you go, the Padres. The, the Yankees have passed the injury bug to the Padres, and I'm here for it, man. Uh, well, They have not for- passed the injury bug. No, 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 no. We, we, we sent it out in like a little glass container, shipped it out to San Diego, and – you know, we'll get it back in like a Well, Aaron Judge and Luke Voigt are hurt. So is Aaron Zach Judge Ritten, is so. going to be fine. He's just a, getting a day off, okay? Anyway, no moving fo- shut up. Anyway, moving forward, um, Aaron Judge MVP 2021. Anyway, uh, moving forward, three incredible, well, incredible, three big uh, Padre pieces are out. So Trent Grisham is expected to return this weekend from a hamstring injury. He has not yet played this regular season. Uh, Denelso Met progressing from right UCL strain. He's rehabbing in Arizona at the spring training site. And Fernando Tati's shoulder inflammation, 10-day IL, no expected surgery. They're shooting for him to be back in 10 days as Chance Singo. Chance Cisco singles in the top of the 11th. Rio Ruiz scores. It is now 4-3. Uh, Baltimore will keep going back and forth. I'll give you the updates for the Yankee game. Um, but, yeah, so... These aren't like injuries like Luke Voigt's status or Eva Jimenez where they're going to be out for extended periods of time. But, you know, these 10-day IL injuries, these 20 days where they're out, 25 games where they're out, it piles up. And uh, something that we mentioned about Tatis is – Tatis? Tatis. I don't uh, – something we mentioned about him when he got that big, big contract is Buddy hadn't played a lot of games. It, like we had, he's only played like not even a full season in two seasons. Granted, played, last year was sixty games. He played before the season one hundred and forty-three games. Um, he played in just over half the games in twenty nineteen. That's eighty-four games, and he played all but one game last year uh, in fifty-nine games. But you know that that's kind of the risk you take. Like there's no there's no doubt that Tatis is a great player, um, but. He hasn't played a lot of games, and you don't give a contract that big to a guy if you don't know if they can consistently stay on the field. Like, that's why Aaron Judge is not going to get this, the monster contract. If Aaron Judge played 150 games a season, I could easily see him getting one of the biggest contracts in baseball history because he's a top three, top five player when healthy. Like, there's no denying that. We know what he can do. What's his problem, though? He can't stay on the field. The best ability is availability. 
My basketball coach taught me that when I was like seven or something. Okay. So, you know, the little injuries will stack up for San Diego. Tatis, Tatis was not hitting very well, 167 average. Machado's not been hitting well. Hosmer's been hitting incredible. He's been carrying that club. Chris Paddock has not been pitching well. Um, you know, we'll see. It's early into the season. Uh, I wouldn't worry about Tatis and Machado. I would worry about Paddock, as I do think that um, – I, I called it before the season started. I think that he'll get knocked off that rotation – um, I do think that Mackenzie Gore will come up and take that fifth spot in the rotation for Paddock, but that's another story. Um, so yeah, there have been a lot of injuries uh, for the Padres, and that's bad. It's, it's bad early. It definitely is. Um, you know, you mentioned when Tatis got that contract, we were worried about his injuries. Uh, another shortstop that we haven't talked about yet that got a new contract extension, Francisco Lindor. Right. Um, we can talk about that later if you want. Yeah. Uh, so I would, I, I'm not worried about Tatis' slow start. I think it's way too early to panic a weekend of the season. I don't think, you uh, can, I don't think you can, sorry to cut you off, but I don't think that you can worry about anybody's slow start th- this quick, uh, oh, into no. the season. I think you can worry about the injury proneness, but yeah. Yeah. So going back to the injuries for Tatis, I don't know how many people remember, but Tatis had to be pulled out of a game in spring training because of the same shoulder. Um, Tatis has also made four errors in, like, four games. I was going to say, so it, it's pretty obvious to me this shoulder has been bothering him for a while. And, yes, it may have hit a tipping point to the point where now he has to rest. I know he's on the 10-day IL. I personally think it's going to take more than 10 days for him to come back. I don't, you know, long term, the solution might be surgery. If he has to sit sit out this season or months this season to be healthier in the seasons to come, the rest of his contract, I think surgery might be the best way to go. I think they have to, uh, I mean, the reason that Aaron Judge missed time last year, last year or two years ago, I, I can't remember, is because he hurt his Every rib. Shut up. He hurt his rib diving for a ball, and the Yankees never did anything about it, you know? Because uh, he, ne- he never told them. Tatis, he has to go to the Padres and if this shoulder keeps hurting and say, I'll take the surgery, let me be out for three months, and then let me play 150 games the rest of my career. Because that, that's a good trade Especially, other than being out two months every year for your career. So it's, a, it's a better trade. 100%, especially at his age. I think he's only like 22 right now, if, if I'm correct. Yeah. At that age, if you get a surgery now, you're the much more likely to heal from it a lot better than when you're 30. So Absolutely. I would get it now, get it out of the way, fix that shoulder so it doesn't become a long-term problem down the line. All right, let's talk about a guy who was locked up long-term just recently, Francisco Endor, a 10-year, $341 million contract, and he is worth every single penny. Uncle Steve Cohen told the Mets that he was going to have a big offseason, and he did. James McCann uh, almost got Trevor Bauer. Uh, Doesn't really count. Uh, Who else did he get? Uh, Lindor. Who else did he get? Carrasco. Who else did he get, Nick? I, I don't know. Did he get anybody else? Uh, they got someone for the bullpen. Oh, Trevor May. I forget. Trevor, Trevor May, May, yes. Yeah, there's somebody that I'm forgetting. I could swear there's somebody. Is there? First, second, third, left, center, right. Uh, I mean, they re-signed Stroman. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, uh, Cohen <laughs> had a very good offseason for the Mets. And 
he locked up Lindor. 10 years, $341 million. And this will set the table for um, uh, the, the shortstop, the big shortstop class coming up. You got Story, you got Correa, you got uh, Seager, you got who else am I missing here? Uh, I'm missing somebody. I think that's it in terms of the top shortstops, right? Because there's also going to be Lindor. Uh, so. I mean, Lindor's off the market. Tatis is going to be off the market in a couple of years. You you already mentioned Seager, Correa, Story. Are you sure you're missing someone else? Dude, I know I'm missing somebody else. Like I I can like it's it's making me mad. I I like I gotta think. Okay, now now I'm looking. Shortstop. Yeah, well, why, Baez. While, while you're, Baez. Baez. Oh, that's yeah, what that's I was right. missing. And I was just oh, reading was an article a couple about years him. ago. There you go. Damn, he was MVP a couple years ago. I Bias? forgot about him. Yeah. Wasn't he or wasn't no, he? No, that was, that was Brian. Are you sure Bias didn't win? Didn't he have one great year, though, where he was maybe MVP? I don't know. No, he never or, won MVP. A contender? No? He, he, I'm sure he was a contender at one point or another, but he was never MVP. Okay, then I'm I think Bryant, actually, Bryant. on that note. Yeah, yeah, Chris Bryant, uh, the MVP you were talking about, is a free agent after this season. But anyway, um. So, so there's a big shortstop class, and this sets the table. Lindor, 27 years of age, um, has had more service time than any of those guys mentioned. But uh, what, what can you expect? I mean, the Dodgers are going to have to throw a boatload of money at Story. We know team uh, at, story, at Seager. We know teams are going to be in play for him. The Yankees have been very verbal about that they're going to be in play for him. Story's definitely not going back to Colorado because nobody wants to. He may not finish the season in Colorado. That's true. They may do like a Manny Machado type deal where they trade him to a team for a rental for like half the year just so they can get something in return. Correa declined a six year, $120 million contract um, from the trash throws as he should because I think he's better than that. But yeah, you know, this is good for Lindoris, good for baseball. Um, We're seeing teams spend more money and I like it a lot, Nick. I think it's unfortunate, though, that Lindor got only, like, $1 million more than Tatis, considering Lindor is a much healthier player. Uh, and, and for four, years later, four less years. Yeah, that too. But, uh, yeah, this sets the market. I mean, I don't know what Corey Seager is going to ask, but, you know, he had a great year last year. He's been on fire um, this year. He's been on fire this year. I think you and I both agree he's going to have another great year this year. Uh, so, I think, I mean, he should get paid – Paid higher than both Lindor and oh, Tatis. Oh, I don't think that. Oh no. 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 No, because if he had that, a great that's, year, this that's, year. that's a lot of bias coming out there, bud. No, he's, no, no, he's I'm... not nearly as young as Tatis, which was the reason that they gave him such a such a long term contract. Seager and... is healthier though, and he hits the ball with contact more. And that doesn't Tatis. really matter. That's that's. I, I think I, it does. I, I think I, that means he's going to age better. I I. It, I mean, I know Tatis and Lindor are both I, better shortstops than Seager. Look, Correa, I know has, stories are better shortstop than Seager. I know, I, I know who was it. Um, I mean, I know that Seager had the Tommy John a couple of years ago, but I mean, he's rebounded from that. Great, which is that another reason why. Matter. Like, it, which, it, is another, it has, which is another reason why, by the way, Tatis needs to get that surgery because Corey Seager came back from. It's not the same surgery, but Corey Seager came back from a serious surgery, and he's been great since. I actually. You know, I actually don't think 
Story will get as much as either Lindor or Tatis because he's playing in course field, so yeah. teams are going to doubt him a little bit. That'll be a factor. Let me check his home uh, and away splits, but keep going. Uh, Baez probably won't get as yeah, much. Yeah, because he's either. been really bad past year. He's been really bad, but hey, you know, good on the Mets. And when he first got traded, we even said the Mets don't make this trade if they're not planning to sign him long term. So yeah, I, I was going to say that. I was going to say that that's a that's a factor, most certainly. Um, the reason they gave him a deal and they were so adamant about getting it because they gave a haul to to Cleveland, so they needed him back. Keep going for sure, but yeah, I I do think Lindor should have gotten more than just one million more than Tatis, considering Lindor's been the healthier player. He's been around the league longer, uh, been an All Star multiple times, stuff like that. But I guess hey, all right, here you know, know I. I'm always on the player side of, hey, go get your bag. No matter what the money is, go get it. So here's your home away splits for Trevor Story. 84 homers, 233 RBIs with a batting average of 303 at home in his career. And if we go to... The road. Yes, if we go to the road, it is significantly worse. 50 homers, 143 RBIs, and a 250 batting average. So Yeah, yeah he's those. not going to get nearly as much money as either of those two guys. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, hey, it sets the market. Uh, Corey Seager should now have a better idea of what he wants. So should Baez, so should Story, so should Correa. Uh, and like you said, the Dodgers are going to have to give Seager the bag if they want to keep him. I personally have no problem giving him the money. I, I, mean, don't, I, I don't think... I, yeah, no. I, I, look, I know the Dodgers just gave a lot of money to Bauer. They gave a lot of money to Betts last year. They're all they're gonna, I, I, we're already over the luxury tax. I you, say you, want know my, you want to know my theory, Nick? Go ahead. Um, so the Giants won every other year for a few years. Uh, I'm, um, 10, 12, and 14. 10, 12, and 14. There you go. They won every yeah. other year. I think it's going to be like that for the Dodgers. They're going to win three in five years. I could see that. I've been thinking about that. I, I've been I, like, I, I don't think that they're going to be just, able to. It's just, it. it's too hard. It's almost like too hard it's to impossible. repeat in baseball now. It's impossible. I don't think we're going to uh, see another repeat for a long, long time unless it's an incredible super team because the Dodgers have flaws. Like they do, just like any, just like any other team. We've seen Kershaw has not been good. He has not been good. He pitched great yesterday. Nah, like, great like, is a stretch. He was good. He was mm, no. The first inning he was, was iffy, and after that Kershaw he was great. Asked. That was not Clayton Kershaw. Asked. After the first inning, Gonsolin's Gonsolin's hurt, so they also. I'm always up and down with Gonsolin. Yeah. Um. I I know Bauer's gonna be inconsistent. Bauer's gonna be inconsistent. They're Julio Urias looked nice. Dustin he, he May did look good. Nice. Um, uh, the bullpen's going to be a problem. The bullpen's going to be a problem. Um, we know that every team has a flaw. So unless there's a team with absolutely zero flaws, I can't see them winning like back-to-back for a little bit. I personally believe that no matter how good you build a team, there's always going to be flaws because you literally just can't have every star in baseball in your team. Like It, it can't work like that. It, 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 you just don't have that type of money. No team does. Uh, so there will always be flaws. I... I even told you earlier today, Kenley Jansen sucks. The guy can't even go more than a day at pitching. Like he cannot pitch two days in a row. He stinks. He's, he's good after he gets rest, no, he and then sucks. he pitches one day, and then he pitches one day, and then he's good. But then he can't come out the next day. Um, but also, you know, I just 
it's hard to say because the Dodgers did open the season in Coors Field. I actually like the way the bullpen was the past couple days in Oakland. Oakland is more in, in so. Oakland, though. I, I know. I was going to say Oakland is even is way more of a pitcher's park. The Dodgers stadium, I think, is kind of more in the middle between Coors Field and Oakland, so I want to see how that works out. Uh, but we also got Joe Kelly on the IL right now. Bruce Bruce Gratterall is on the IL. Victor Gonzalez, I mean, he was great last year in the playoffs. Yeah, he was but, good. Yeah, he was good. but he I haven't seen him in a full season. Uh, Blake Trinan is good but inconsistent. There's some question marks. Uh, I, I will be that. honest. One guy I really like so far, though, I think Corey Knebel has looked pretty good. Yep. I think I think he's looked pretty good so far. Yeah, uh, that that was an underrated move for the Dodgers. He's really but other good. Than, he's really good. Uh, he's right. And I'm nervous about David Price. I mean, the guy hasn't pitched in pretty God. much 18 months at this point. He's allowed four home runs and two. I've consistently told people that Price is not good. I've like um, mainly because we sh- the Yankees shit on him. But anyway. Yeah. So he hasn't pitched in 18 months. He's, what, mid-30s now? 34, 35, right? So yep. a lot of question marks for the Dodger bullpen. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode of The Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Micah Fleischman. And I'm Nicholas Bear. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can find us at thebaseballplugpodcast.com and on Instagram at thebaseballplug underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Micah underscore 0416. That is at M-I-C-A-H. 0416 and on Instagram at envymica that is at E-N-V-Y-M-I-C-A-H additionally you can follow me on Twitch um, twitch.tv slash the baseball plug underscore and you can follow me on Twitter at NicholasBear7 that's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-B-A-E-R and the number 7 and on Instagram at NicholasGolfer that's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-G-O-L-F-E-R thank you everybody for tuning in peace out